On today's episode of Talkin' Tom, we're watching The Man with One Red Shoe, starring recently voted greatest actor of all time by Ranker.com, Tom Hanks. The Man with One Red Shoe was released in 1985 and was directed by Stan Dragati, and is an American remake of the 1972 French film The Tall Blonde Man with One Black Shoe. Be prepared to get mugged, bugged, chased, and seduced, because everyone is after Tom, and so are we. Wait a second, did you check this mic for... My mom always said... Life was like a box of chocolates. All right, welcome back to another episode of Talking Tom. The Pod Hanks Tomcast, where we watch Tom Hanks movies and talk about them. My name is Josie. I'm Daniel. And today we watched the movie The Man with One Red Shoe, which I was very surprised by. I didn't know anything about this movie. I didn't either. And you know what I think would be a fun game for us to do is when we both like go into a movie completely blind, we need to decide like. This is my idea. This is my pitch for our new segment called Guess the Plot, where we say like what we think the movie's going to be about before we watch it, just based off of the poster or the title. Um, do you want to go first? For what I thought this was going to be? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what I thought it was going to be. It kind of sound, sounded like a pulpy old like spy thriller, mm-hmm. which I guess sort of was. But I wasn't sure if it was a comedy or if it was going to be like an actual thriller. And I was super confused as to how a red shoe played into it. Oh, right. I thought that it was going to be like a dark, um, kind of like that Shia LaBeouf movie, LaBeouf, whatever, <laughs> where he plays the mentally disabled kid. Was that the Disney Channel movie? Uh-huh. I don't remember what it was called. I can't remember what it is, yeah. But I thought that the red shoe was going to play into some kind of, like, he was on the spectrum, or like, I thought it was going to be, like, a dark... Oh, interesting, yeah. I don't know why. I, I, yeah, I don't... <laughs> it wasn't really either of those things. No, it's sort of a farce type of... Like, I well, I read a, a spy spoof. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we also should stop saying... Um, if we like the movie or not until the end, because we, we, we show oh, our we're hand too it away, early, yeah. right? We gotta keep <laughs> listeners tuned in. That's why I don't play poker. Yeah. That's why I don't ever leave my People apartment. are gonna listen, they're gonna be like, they liked it, okay, and they give up. I don't have to listen to these idiots yeah. talk for a half hour. Because we know the reason people are listening to the show is to find out our hot takes. Yeah, they want to know. <laughs> uh, so, The Man with Red Red Shoe, let's sum it up. It's basically... Uh, Sort of a conspiracy thriller about the CIA and some other government agency. And they're using Tom Hanks' character, who's sort of this lovable, kind of clueless idiot, uh-huh. to like pin something on that you don't know what it is. He's just an agent, but he's not actually one. It's kind of just him not noticing the things happening in the world around him as they try to take him down and figure out what he knows. But there's two, kind of a spy versus spy thing, like... Uh-huh. Two agencies coming after him and both getting in each other's way. It's wacky. It's a delightful romp. There's just chaos and con- constant like misconceptions and misunderstandings and. Uh, and Carrie Fisher. Oh yeah, and Carrie Fisher and Jim Belushi. 
I forget. I think I think Carrie Fisher and Tom Hanks are. I think Carrie Fisher is Tom Hanks' wife in the Burbs. Yes, but I did just read that. Um, I don't know. I never considered in the years past that Carrie Fisher and Tom Hanks is a couple I wanted to see on screen. Oh yeah. More. I'm glad we got it twice, but. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff. That relationship has a very interesting dynamic. Um, Well, it's a wonderful day out. We're yet again. It's kind of hot. It is kind of hot. It's been raining the last couple of days, and then it finally cleared up. So, of course, today is the day we decide to sit inside with the shades drawn. Absolutely. Pop some popcorn. Yeah, Daniel has a popcorn machine, and we got some homemade fresh popcorn, which was really fun. And you notice in the beginning of the movie that Tom is eating popcorn? I did. Isn't he? He has a bag of nuts and a thing of popcorn. I oh, think. really? Yeah, because then he gets popcorn stuck in his I teeth. think I was eating the popcorn while that was happening, so maybe I didn't it put It was two a two sign. Uh, this is the first movie that we've seen where they wait to reveal Tom Hanks' character. And we timed it. We paused the movie. 13 minutes and 12 seconds into the movie. You don't get a clear shot of Tom Hanks' face, which sort of breaks, like, basic screenwriting rules. There's sort of this established thing that the first 10 minutes of a movie establish what the movie's about and who the main characters are. And this spends the first 13 minutes and 11 seconds about all these other characters Mm -hmm. who are important, but not till the grand reveal of Tom Hanks. It's a whole lot of exposition. Yeah, and he kind of gets the Indiana Jones reveal of like, you know it's coming, you know it's coming. You see the red shoe drop into frame on the escalator and he's sort of out of focus and then the pan up to bumbling Tom Hanks. We were like giddy. Like we were like, it's, oh, it's, it's coming. Good. It's a, I mean, the 13 minutes fill in uh, sort of a plot. Uh-huh. I actually don't really know I, what this movie's about. But No, I don't think anybody knows. But once he arrives, you're comfort. You're like, okay, this is where I wanted to be. <laughs> This is what I wanted. Yeah. So Tom Hanks plays a character named Richard Drew, who is a musician, a violinist. And a composer. A composer. He teaches on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like pretty... I mean, we learn other things about him, but like his main thing is that he's a musician. Yeah. His, he's a musician and he's cheating on his best... He's cheating yeah. with his best friend's wife. Yeah. So he's already got some flaws. Yeah. That was that was weird. That was like a halfway through reveal. Mm, no, that was like in the first act. No, I didn't realize it was Carrie Fisher at the... Because you see them at the airport. I think they'd all been traveling together, perhaps. Yeah. Um, they're all musicians. Yeah, they've all, they all are in uh, some type of orchestra. And so you see her in the beginning, but I didn't realize it was her until she comes to his house. And mm-hmm. I thought it was just a girlfriend. And then it sort of started to click in my head that, oh, that's his best friend's wife. Yeah, I didn't recognize her until you said... I never knew this is what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher together. He started smooching and I was like, oh yeah, this is it. This is it. This is it. So Carrie Fisher plays a woman named Paula, who's his lover, but she's also married to Jim Belushi's character named Morris, who's also Tom Hanks's best friend. And they're pretty supporting characters. Yeah. Um, they're mostly there for laughs. They just kind of get in the way of things. Yeah. Carrie Fisher has like a weird fetish. She likes role play specifically about Tarzan. Yeah, which is well, now my kink. I had yeah. no idea. Because <laughs> it's associated with Tom Hanks. Yeah, honestly, this yeah. it's a whole new world for me. Um, yeah, we don't. I don't think we've ever seen a a like a bad guy. I mean, I guess in Bachelor Party, he played kind of a 
a jerk, but he never cheated yeah. on anybody. Or well, the way that the movie, this movie presents it is as a joke, but then sort of at the end, kind of has a resolution that seems positive for all the characters yeah, in a warped way. Ever address it? Really? Yeah, it's sort of like this was happening, and he thinks he's figuring it out, and that's sort of some comedy moments. Yeah, but it's it's never presented as like bad. It's sort no. of just like. In the end, it another resolves. element. Yeah. yeah, there's also another woman in the movie, uh, the blonde lady named Maddie. Yes, she's like the main spy. She's working with one of the groups of spies trying to figure out what Hanks is up to. Okay, we should back up because, and we we gotta like wade through this because I think we both are unclear still. So the the core idea is that there's a CIA agent and there's a drug smuggling operation that happens in Morocco at the very beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. With all the cocaine in the car. Yeah, all cocaine, people <laughs> screaming cocaine yeah. as they run to it. And the person behind it is Cooper, who's sort of almost second in command at the CIA, oh, okay. who's Maddie's boss. Yeah. And he is trying to basically spin this so that the CIA director, whose name is Ross, he's the guy with the bugged house. Okay. He wants to frame him so that he'll resign, and then Cooper can become the new director. Okay. Meanwhile... Ross, who knows he's being bugged, wants mm-hmm. to screw over Cooper's team by setting up this fake thing, which is how they pinpoint Tom. So he has this guy named Brown who goes out to find anyone to kind of pin this on that'll send Cooper's team on like a wild goose chase. Okay. So he picks Tom Hanks' character, and then the rest is Chaos sort and of suits. Okay, yeah. Okay, so it's a lot of like double crossing yeah. everybody's one step ahead of each other it doesn't all, I don't know if it all adds up <laughs> no. but there's team I, Cooper which includes Maddie mm-hmm. team Ross which includes Brown okay. and in the middle of them what's Tom Hanks isn't Richard Drew Richard yeah <laughs> wow uh, I don't feel like I picked up on most of that no I had to read it there's 48 there's 48 hours there's a clock in play yeah the whole movie takes place in 48 hours which is nuts they make a joke about how much stuff happens in which one sort day of, yeah I thought we were in days no and then you realize you never saw him go to bed yeah well, it makes the love story make less sense because... Oh, even less. <laughs> 48 hours they've spent, and they've spent maybe two hours of that together that they've and fallen in love. probably 12 hours is just them just making sweet love to yeah. each other and overnight. The behind a double-sided mirror. <laughs> it just, it was wacky. And I laughed out loud, I mean, con- like constantly. I was constantly laughing. This movie's weird because it has sort of really mixed reviews. Yeah. Like, I looked at some of the stuff, I could say like a... Like a 50% kind of like rating, and some old stuff I read seemed pretty negative, but I don't know, it just feels so, like it's not anything dense or deep, but Mm-mm. it's so entertaining, and I don't know, that style of comedy is kind of nice. Oh, I, yeah, it, yes. I'm not going to show my hand, yeah. even though I'm sure everybody can hear <laughs> what I'm feeling. Um, so one scene that stood out to me was and this kind of sets the scene for the kind of spies we're dealing with like the kind of <laughs> idiots Bumble, yeah. yeah they're all just dumb for being government agents and they're all they're all constantly so they they go to Tom's they go to Richard's apartment because they're trying to find evidence yeah. as to why I don't know why he'd be I don't really I still don't know what, what he knows yeah. about Ross I and think. I think they don't know maybe that's the point is like nobody no, knows yeah their panic is what Ross who's the CIA director's could this character could know that could ruin Cooper? Mm-hmm. Seems to, I, I think it is. I might be wrong, but 
That seems to be the thing. <laughs> so Richard, the first thing he does, he calls the dentist because he bites when he's eating those nuts and that popcorn. Yeah. He like does something to his tooth. So he makes an appointment at the dentist. And Cooper decides we gotta we gotta be the dentist. Yeah. Because he's probably got something in his teeth, like a microchip. Like a microchip. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of funny. They give him the benefit of the doubt so often. They think they think Richard is a genius <laughs> that that he's like just like a super spy pulling off these crazy. So while he's on his way to the dentist, they ransack his apartment and they just really fuck it up. They like squeeze all his toothpaste out into a bag and they saw off the legs of his chairs because they're bugging his apartment. And then when Tom, when Richard gets to the dentist, they've he... beaten him to the dentist and they've like knocked out the dentist staff. Yeah. And when he gets there, there's a woman waking up from like her anesthesia from her anesthesia and she's like moaning. Uh-huh. And so Tom walks into no one there and is like, yep, and he pieces out. They've also put a fake dentist in with the directions to just pull out all of his yeah. teeth. <laughs> he's like, how do we know which tooth? And he's like, we better pull them all. <laughs> which is the first, like, very drastic directive that these spies get. How would you explain that when he wakes up? At that it's, point, he would be suspicious of everything, because that seems insane. It's just bananas. Um, so their whole plan is foiled, and they have to rush and put this apartment back together. And that leads to some pretty hilarious consequences, where he can't, um, every time he tries to turn the sink on, the shower turns on. And he, anytime he wants to get water to come out of the faucet, he has to flush the toilet. And they don't, I guess I'm just like explaining all the funny moments in this movie now. But it's just, it's like one thing always leads to another. And they, ha- they come up with these crazy responses to every mistake that they've made. So they're... They send a man into the sewer because they're like, why is he flushing his toilet so much? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the most it's a big ridiculous. snowball, yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> that is like my kind of humor. Just this like wacky, no, no like, um, what is the, like, no regard for the consequences. It's just like one thing after another and then it just crazy. They pull all his teeth, they put him in in the sewer. They... They're the worst undercover agents of all time because they tail him so closely. <laughs> There's always two teams of people tailing him everywhere he goes. <laughs> and they just kind of get in each other's way. And he's oblivious. Yeah. Tom Hanks' character is completely oblivious. There's so many points. Of, if you ever tried to piece together the movie like on a, any type of level of, oh, it would make sense if he did this, the movie would instantly end because if he figured out anything they did, it would immediately ruin everything. Yeah. But Tom Hanks plays oblivious so well in kind of his charming way that it works. It functions for his character as to like why he's not noticing the insane amount of things going wrong around him. Yeah, he's just kind of a, a bumbling idiot, like you said. I wonder what what about his character makes like in if we compare Richard Drew to all the other characters we've seen Tom play so far, like what makes this guy different? I think he's fueled by passion. Like, he's clearly very passionate about um, music. Mm-hmm. And he's a musician who's very talented, and then also someone who wants to be something more in with his music, wants to compose, and he hasn't got the chance to compose, and he seems kind of in a writer's block of that. Yeah, he's been stuck. Yeah. And also seems confused in, like, relationships, because he's seen his best friend's wife and can't really hold anything else together. He's a much, he's like very uh, goal oriented. He does things with like 
the same that these spies do with like no really regard for the consequences. Yeah. Like he's sleeping with his best friend's wife and it, it's not like he's in love with her. It doesn't seem yeah. like he, he's just in it for the sex. And even that he's like reluctant to like have sex with her. Yeah. He just kind of just seems does. unsure with what he, like everything in his life hasn't clicked together. And then it kind of starts to, when he meets Maddie. Mm-hmm. So it starts to within like 24 hours. But. <laughs> so Maddie's the spy that works for Cooper. She's this beautiful blonde who is also, you found out, in the movie Footloose. Yeah, I recognize her from, I think she's like the main woman in, in Footloose. Which I always get Footloose and Dirty Dancing mess mixed up, so I don't... Very different story. <laughs> she's, and she looks, there's a style of Tom Hanks leading lady in these 80s movies and it's like uh, yeah, the character the mermaid and spy. yeah 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 these beautiful like slender blondes with a ton of hair so much hair <laughs> but like the cutest outfits I love those like high-waisted pants and like baggy clothes and we'll talk when we get into the Meg Ryan era of Tom Hanks romances oh yeah oh my god and, am I mistaken is Cooper I think Cooper's his dad and you've got me yes he okay. is Fox Mr. Fox. That guy doesn't something. age. He looks like he's aged, but that actor is the same, just looks the same mm-hmm. throughout every movie. So I kept, it's like, I've seen him in another Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, Tom falls in love with the beautiful blonde who's like paying him special attention yeah. because he seems like that kind of character. <laughs> he's just like anybody who throws him any kind of attention. He's like, I'm going to pursue this. Yeah. <laughs> he's very impulse driven. What happens at a based. baseball game? There's a shot, it's the only, like, there's two kind of gratuitous shots, and one is at the baseball game, which is, he looks over to her running, and it's just, like, this focus shot of her butt as she runs by, which then, I guess, plays in later uh, to that shot of that strange dress she's wearing that goes all the way down to her butt crack. Yeah, I think we've, we have discovered that Richard Drew is an ass man. Yeah. He, the dress that you're talking about, is that a style? Like, is that I've never seen that. It's this super low back cut, and it's just like her little butt crack is like peeking out, and it's supposed to be sexy. It's like so confusing. To yeah, me. I couldn't tell if it was a joke at first. Oh, maybe it was. Well, I don't. <laughs> she doesn't look. Like she's cut the dress. It looks like how the dress fit. Did she yeah. wear that to the concert? Is oh, that... she must have. But maybe she... there's something you wear under it. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's bizarre. I mean, it worked for him. They, whatever. Uh, it did its job. It's a spy dress. Spy dress. Yeah. Yeah. It was just part of their technical equipment. A winner. A winner. I will be looking into finding my own. Spy dress. (laughs) There's got to be one in like an LA thrift shop. Yeah. I'll come back. And nobody wants to see that. Um, I had a question. Mm -hmm. I had two thoughts. When he was teaching those violin lessons at the beginning, did you ever take any like... I took years and years of piano lessons. And what what did you take from it? Um, how do you mean? Like, did you like it? I guess, uh, I just think this is a fun way to learn more about each other. I did. I liked, well, it was interesting. I had a really great piano teacher mm-hmm. who was very patient um, because I would never practice. Oh. Um, I was, I knew the stuff, but she wanted to like practice, practice, practice. And I, I didn't have time for that. Once I got it done, I was like, mm-hmm. um, but it was sort of a mix of what you're required to kind of play and then what you want to play. So I wanted to play. I loved jazz, and I loved, like, John Williams scores. Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> but I have to learn, like, all the classics, which I now really love and appreciate. But it is weird, because, especially with the, the relationship you build with your music teacher, because 
they're spending you know 30 minutes to an hour with you and if you're not doing the basic thing of practice like you're asking then they're just repeating lessons and you're just having practice with them so it's an interesting relationship of they're annoyed at you 80% of the time and then 20% of the time they're like wow this is good mm-hmm. it is strange so I liked that part because I think Tom Hanks's annoyance with this kid and kind of the kid he wants to play what he wants to play and Tom's like no try this and he's like I don't want to play that that's very accurate yeah I I took voice lessons I used to like like fun fact about me is that I used to I was like training to be an opera singer. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, like uh, when I was super young, like seventh grade through my senior year of high school, I I would go to vocal lessons every week. Are those crazy intense for opera? Kind of. For, like sustaining that kind of. Yeah, I was also supposed to practice. Yeah. I had like a little CD of vocal warm ups I was supposed to sing with, and we'd always work on like a new song, like an Italian song. And I'd like go to competitions and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I was trying to become like a really well rounded performer for a while. That was like totally my thing, but it's not at all anymore. <laughs> um, but I was trying to learn piano. So my senior year of high school, I took piano lessons with this like little elderly man who he had like. Bible verses all over his wall. He taught lessons out of his house. And I hated it so much because I was learning like baby songs and I was like 18 years old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he was actually really, you know, I like, I ended up like quitting because I was like, I hate this. I have yeah. no interest in this. Um, but I would do like school plays. And one time he showed up to my school play, which I thought was the sweetest um, thing. <laughs> and then I felt bad that I would. I was the only male in my. Uh, in my teacher's as student. So we would do these, um, we would do these rehearsals and it was just me and like 15, um, girls. Uh-huh. But I thought that was dope. I was yeah. Like, this is awesome. You're like, my odds are. Yeah. Never, nothing ever came of it. Um, <laughs> but I remember she moved, she lived in our neighborhood and, uh, I would ride my bike there every Monday mm-hmm. and she moved and that was my out and I was like so thrilled that I got out of it without having to get out of it yeah because I liked doing it and I really liked her and I didn't want to disappoint and like she moved I gave me some recommendations and I was like oh I think I should just stop I'm ready to retire yeah <laughs> yeah I was really close with my vocal teacher I still like I would like hang out I would go see her if I ever was in town again she was a really nice lady now think back to that age but then imagine it's Tom Hanks as your teacher Oh, I would be so hormonal. Yeah, I would have... I played piano through puberty, so that would have been, like, a strange... Who is this person? I'm confused. I probably would have loved violin lessons. Yeah. <laughs> Never would have quit. Mom, I want to go twice a week. How often can you see me? Yeah. I just, like, become a violin prodigy. <laughs> for him. <laughs> I'm doing this for you. Uh, he would be... I mean, he seemed like a fun teacher. Yeah, I wonder... And there's, there's a lot of shots of him playing... Um, so I'm curious if he if he took lessons to learn that or if that's something he actually learned or if he came in knowing that. Um, yeah, that'd be it. It wasn't a ton, but like it's playing and like playing it convincingly. Yeah. To look into that. The interesting thing about this movie is there's very little about it to like dive into besides like some fun facts. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really seen any essays about it or think pieces, and even there's the fact. We saw that Tom Hanks wasn't a big fan of it. Oh, well, let me find the quote. Tom Hanks described the film... This is from the IMDb trivia page. Tom Hanks described the film as not a very good movie. It doesn't have any real clear focus to it. It isn't about anything in particular that you can honestly understand. And it made no money at all. <laughs> That's... 
it's fair. I think I think the movie's really fun, but it I think slight is the best word. Like uh-huh. it's not really about anything thematically. Um, and it is super like the focus, like trying to piece together what it actually was about. The actual plot is yeah. like difficult to wrap your head around. I think if you just turn it off and look at it as just like goofy farce, then it's really entertaining and uh, yeah. a lot of fun. And it's like eighty-eight minutes, so it is breezes by. Uh huh. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I do feel like this might be an underrated Tom Hanks film. Yeah. I might be like going yeah. out, making a bold statement right now, but like. This movie doesn't get any attention, and I feel like it deserves a little Maybe bit. Maybe it'll get, it'll have a second comeuppance. It help, doesn't help right now that it only exists in like a pretty poor quality transfer DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, needs to get, needs to come back. Maybe Shout Factory or something should do a restore yeah. on it. It's interesting, sort of, spoiler alert for Jumanji, that's not actually a spoiler. <laughs> but I saw Jumanji, uh, Welcome to the Jungle this morning. Uh, All of our Wasting viewers. some time. <laughs> Actually, a pretty entertaining little little movie, um, but Colin Hanks is in it. What? So I got two Hanks today. Oh my god! Without gosh. knowing it, we need to do an entire episode about Colin. Well, Hanks. yeah, because he's got some great roles. I love him. He's a little old. He's also married. <laughs> <laughs> I have a deep affinity for the movie The House Bunny. Oh yeah, he's, he's so in good that. in it, and he's in Dexter. Oh my god! I'm glad that you reacted like that because I feel like every time I bring up The House Bunny, people don't react like that. And I'm that like, that movie's hilarious. Great. Okay. Underappreciated. So under. Honestly, I'd put it right up there with the man with one red shoe. <laughs> this movie is a, a real. Okay, I had another because I mostly just like brainstormed just like fun topics for mm-hmm. us because there's really nothing to really talk about yeah. in this movie other than like me repeating all the funny jokes which <laughs> nobody wants to listen to <laughs> except for me. <laughs> um, so. If there was a spy agency trying to undercover, oh, trying to recover things about you in the way that they're trying to like find things out about Tom Hanks' character Richard, like what would they learn about you? Because so like they find a handwriting sample of his, and they're yeah. like he's sexually repressed. <laughs> like they they just read really into everything he does. So I think it would depend on what uh, project I was working on at the time because uh-huh. I'm a huge. Like, when I'm, I'm writing uh, a short film or something, I'm an obsessive about my details. I do a lot of reading, a lot of post-it notes, and a lot of, like, yarn diagrams if I'm putting together a plot. Like, I visually oh, like really? to see things. And so I feel like they would come across that and it would just look very suspiciously serial killer Yeah, like a sociopath or something. So I was planning this murder mystery party, and to make everything connect, I, in my office at work, I had a lot of strings to all the different characters. And my boss would come in often and stare at it and just, I think, worry. So it looks a little strange. So I think they would, depending on the project, would uh, I'd get arrested, I assume. Maybe. Side note, I was at that murder mystery party and it was a fucking treat. You were on that board. Oh, no. I was a minor uh, character. I really like, that was a really fun party. Well, no one, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> we just break down this party. Yeah. That was fun. That was a good time. Um, well, Tom Hanks murder mystery party. Everyone plays Tom Hanks character. Oh. Write it. Well, I'll write it. We'll sell it. Coming to home DVD next year. It's a, a DVD book. game. <laughs> oh yeah, like one of the old like seen it. Like seen it. Oh, yeah. we used to play seen it a lot. Uh, so I think here's just some fun trivia about me. What I think they would uncover. Um, they probably think I'm a hermit because I rare. I don't leave my apartment unless I have a reason. So, like, 
I've been unemployed for the last month because it's December and I do freelance work, so nobody's doing anything in December. Vacate time. Yeah, it's just taking some me time. Uh, I don't. I leave my house to get groceries, and honestly, I get delivered groceries. Yeah, there's too many services now, and it's not expensive. Also, I'm rich, so. <laughs> Um, I also made nachos five times in the last two days, like for every single meal. So they probably would like, I probably seem like I have some kind of compulsion. Yeah. Like super specific schedule. Yeah. It's just like eating the same thing every single time. What kind of nachos? Vegan nachos. That's even weirder, right? That is a little weird. I'll put like soy chorizo. It's good though. I mean. Uh, soy chorizo is pretty good. Yeah, it is. And jalapenos. And just, like, whatever vegan cheese I can find. Oh, it's an acquired taste. <laughs> I want, like, a jalapeno popcorn. Yeah. That's a, that has to be. It's got to be. Are those jalapeno chips? Yeah. Like those Vicky's ones? Yeah. Those are good, but they have milk in them, so I can't eat them. Oh, that's effed up. <laughs> yeah. Are you listening, Vicky's? <laughs> Fix it. Here's our hot take on Vicky's. Um, yeah, they also... I would probably uncover that I have like an unhealthy obsession with Tom Hanks. Not obsession. That's yeah. unfair. Fascination. Tom Hanks stuff, leftover nachos, and then candles. You look like an arsonist. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, we need to put her on a watch list. Yeah. And we need to up the security on Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Maybe we should delete that section of the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. What other things? The soundtrack was kind of fun. Oh, talking on technical terms, 80s soundtracks are nuts. They don't do them like that anymore. I think for good reason. Mm-hmm. They are a product of their time. There's like a chase scene that has this weird synth piano music that is not remotely tense. You don't feel tense watching it. Mm-hmm. It's like this melodic, like almost... xylophone. Yeah. <laughs> very strange choice. But like of its time, it feels it immediately makes you feel like the 80s. Mm-hmm. Or how I assume the 80s. The 80, how the 80s make me feel in film. Currently. And then there's some weird stuff like camera work. There's a lot of like Dutch angles for scenes that don't require them. There's a car coming around the corner. We'll tilt the camera. Or like Tom Hanks getting shot in the butt with these tranquilizer darks. <laughs> and there's this yeah. weird handheld that like shoots around and looks at the ceiling and then is sort of like looping around his head for a minute. And like he anticipates his fall. Yeah, before he's falling. It was weird. <laughs> but what is a Dutch angle normally used to, like why would you use that? A sort of like a sense of unease. Okay. Like it's, huh. it's tilted in a way because the things... It's jarring. Yeah. Like makes you, okay. More like a, like a Twilight Zone type of thing. Usually it's supposed to invoke kind of a sense of things are not as they seem. But in the context of when they chose it in this, it's like... He's tying his shoe, and it's... I don't know. I'd be Mm. curious to know kind of what... Because they're so random and sporadic that they don't... It's not like a repeating motif. It's just Mm -hmm. there. It's just that one section. Yeah. I do... The biggest laugh for me in the entire film... Film. It was generous. Um, It's film. It's fine. (laughs) I'm sorry, Tom. It was shot on film. It's a film. (laughs) Um... Is when, at the end of that chase scene you were just talking about, they're on the subway or the train or whatever that is that they use in D.C. And the Cooper's like, sir, can you please turn that off? And it's like the whole movie, the whole musical montage has been been playing on this guy's boombox. Yeah, that was pretty smart. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Yeah, there's this has a lot of good visual gags, I think. 
There's just stuff like Carrie Fisher sneaks out of a window mm-hmm. and people that are spying on him from across the street just see this woman that's thrown herself out of a window and is crawling down the siding. <laughs> like a lot of good goofs and spoofs. That weird scene where he goes to Maddie's apartment or yeah. her hotel or whatever and she... I don't, I don't really get what she was trying to do, but she unzips his pants. Yeah, and she's like, let it breathe. Yeah, like, let's relax or something. Yeah. And so he is very uncomfortable, and he zips his pants back up. But her hair gets caught in the yeah. zipper. It's a lot, and it's like a four-minute bit. Yeah, they, they really drag that one Where out. they have to march to the bathroom together, but he has to, like, crouch, and she's kind of crawling. And then goofy. she still, like, has sex with him. Yeah, she like comes into another room and she's just got pants attached to her head. <laughs> and then he has like a pink towel on. I have a feeling that my myself and the screenwriter would probably enjoy each other's company. <laughs> it seems like the type of movie that you don't remember the plot, but that doesn't matter because you remember all these individual scenes that don't quite add up. And then you uh-uh. see it and you're like, but it works. And I laugh. Seems like one of those. It's like a thing that you remember. You watched it as a kid and then you see it now and you're like, oh, yes, yes, I remember all I these remember things. I remember the escalator. Uh, do they ever explain why he's wearing one red shoe? From what I understood, they were like his uh, baseball shoes. Jim Belushi's character is like a prankster. Uh. And I think he's taken one of his shoes on their trip. And so he comes... I think that was... Because he brings the shoe back to him later. Oh, he does? Yeah, Did he, I admit, it was sitting on the piano I saw at the... Because I pointed <clears throat> it out, but I didn't see him put it down. I think when he comes in, right after uh, oh. him and Carrie Fisher had seen each other, yeah. he comes in and he has his shoe. Aha! Well, now the whole movie makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Payoff supreme. We got it. Underrated. Um, do you have any other... Anything else to talk about? It is a slight movie, but it is a very entertaining popcorn, goofy time. So now it's time for us to give the listeners what they want. Get to the real, the reason they're here. Would you recommend The Man with One Red Shoe? Yes. Yeah. I would. I would put this honestly, and maybe I'm just like, I'm I'm like high from from the movie, from the experience, but I would put this like... Probably up there with Sleepless in Seattle as my favorite Tom Hanks. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Loved it. I loved it. It was so goofy. I loved Tom Hanks when he, like, he got to do so much work with his face. Like, the funny, like, goofy reactions and the photos that they're taking in the beginning. And we get a little bit of physical comedy. It just, I loved it. I really, I can't, I just, I like to put it on Splash. I would probably pick this over Splash, and yeah. I love Splash. It was, I was super surprised. I kind of seen stuff afterwards. I expected, I don't know, I expected so little, because no one's ever talked about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's probably... I'll be curious to see if this kind of gets a resurgence when it is more widely available. Mm-hmm. as sort of this hidden little gem. It is exactly what it sets out to be, which is just uh, pure popcorn entertainment. Yeah. I, I love it. I would watch it again. I would, like, watch it again right now. If you wanted. Like, what are you doing after this? <laughs> More popcorn. More popcorn. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was funny. Okay, so I guess that wraps up our discussion of The Man with One Red Shoe. And now it's time for our favorite segment. The most important one. Hank's Happenings! happenings. So, <laughs> the most... I've got a few things to talk about. The first being that the Golden Globes just happened. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of... Uh, 
I mean, it was very politically charged, obviously, yep. the Globes were. Rightfully so. Yeah. I think we're both like, yeah, sure. Yes. A plus. We're into it. But Tom Hanks was nominated for Best Actor in a Drama. He didn't win. Yeah, I don't think the, the Post, post didn't got, get The Post snubbed. was. Oh, yeah. That was too bad. There was. There's a lot of... 2017 had a lot of good movies. Mm-hmm. There are some choices I'd obviously pick differently, but I think most everything that was nominated um, is doing something really interesting. That so I don't I don't feel so bad about. I mean, I'd obviously love to see Hanks win. Mm-hmm. It'd be really good for us. Yeah, been great for this episode. <sighs> Comment. Oh my gosh! But you know, we, we saw the Oscars. Yeah, and I honestly, I feel like the Oscars are a little more traditional. Yeah. In their picks. Oh, they're very... And they love Meryl Streep. They do. There's, there's so much good stuff this year. I mean, I'll, I'll be excited to talk about that one in, uh, next month. Yeah. We should have a party. Oh, yeah. At your house. You can plan it. I have... A, yeah, I have to get, like, an antenna. I don't know how to get cable. They stream it. They stream oh, okay. the Globes. <laughs> it's good. I watched the Globes on my computer. Okay. By myself in my apartment, eating nachos. The Oscars are almost... They used, they're always around my birthday, so it felt oh. kind of cool. One time they were on my birthday... Wait, I didn't know your birthday was coming up. Oh, yeah, next month. Oh, my gosh. Now everyone knows. Now everyone will know. Tom, if you want to go. Come to my birthday party. You're invited. What are you doing that night? The Oscars? <laughs> uh, but, oh, I guess, sorry, I got distracted. Um, the thing I wanted to talk about was, and they covered this on Ellen the following day after the Globes, but during one of the commercial breaks, Tom Hanks got up and got everybody drinks. And he brought them all back on a little tray, and it was so cute. And when he talked about it on Ellen, he said that Steven Spielberg wanted a drink, so that's why he went up. And <laughs> <Not> everyone won. <laughs> the one person who can boss Tom Hanks around is probably his wife and then also Steven Spielberg. Yeah. I thought that was just cute. That's hard to carry all those drinks. Also, like, at a fully catered event with a huge staff, and it's just, like, adds to the adorable factor. You're like, oh, I don't take care of it. What a nice guy. The other thing, I, uh, Tom Hanks was on Graham Norton, mm-hmm. and he was with Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones, and I should have not put my phone away to the other Josh, guy. Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua. Yes, he is a fighter. Ooh. And it was fun to watch their dynamics. Three very different age ranges and just sort of his charm. Especially with someone like Graham Norton who's very charming. Uh-huh. Great chemistry there. That show's always super fun. Yeah. They like don't take themselves seriously at all. It's so nice and relaxed. It kind of feels like James Corden, what he's trying to kind of do. Honestly, the best thing about a new Tom Hanks movie, besides the fact that there's a new Tom Hanks movie to watch, is all the press he gets to yeah. do. And there's so much stuff for us to watch. It kind of seems like he enjoys it too. Mm-hmm. He just gets to get, like, he, the questions about making the movie rarely come up, because at this point, we, he understand, we know, yeah. the interviewers understand, and they, they don't want to talk about that. There's so much more interesting stuff to talk about. Why would you waste an interview with Tom? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite part of the movie? What's um, your character? Um, or just, like, ask him about the movie Big. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, what was it like playing that piano? Did you really have to learn how to play chopsticks? Uh, cool. My dad also texted me. He was like, Tom Hanks is on Ellen today. <laughs> I was like, Dad, <laughs> thank you. I do get a lot of people just telling me things Tom Hanks related now. They're like, hey, I watched uh, this I watched this Tom Hanks movie. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Really? But that's like the end of it. Oh, they just, just tell you. Tell you. <laughs> they just want to let me know. Oh, that's nice. So. I like that, actually. If there's anything that we could gain from 
this experience would just be like people keeping an eye out on new Tom Hanks stuff for us. I'm happy with it. Cool. Is that it for Hanks happenings? I think so. I mean, we're going to keep our ears and eyes peeled. That's not the right phrase. We're listening and we're waiting for those Oscar nominations to come out. Yeah, I think they'll probably come out next week. We'll be we'll be rooting for you, Tom. Um, and then the next segment that we do is talk Tom to us or talk Tom to me, talk Tom to you. Uh, has anybody talked Tom to you recently? Only, the only thing they've talked to me about is that they've seen Tom Hanks. Things. Yeah, I my dad told me he watched the movie The Circle the mm-hmm. other night, and he really wants me to watch it. But I'm like, Dad, we have to wait until we have a lot of movies to watch before we can watch it. Oh no, we had a, we got a comment. We got a comment. Oh, we did. We did. Ooh. Our post our post Facebook thing has been uh, the most active. We got one one woman who just told us that she loves Tom Hanks, which is beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then another woman who does not think that uh, actors and musicians should have any sort of political opinions and should voice them. They should just act. And I believe the end of her thing said. I'm looking it up right now. It made me laugh out loud. It's like a picture, too. It's not like a... Yeah, someone took the time to, like, create a shareable, like, Im- like a meme, basically. Here's, here's what the post says. Dear singers and actors, we spend our hard-earned money to hear your music and to watch you pretend to be characters in movies and on TV. Your only job is to entertain us, to take us away from reality. Your personal opinion means nothing to us. You are significant and influential only in your own mind and within the minds of your elitist peers. You are a marionette to us. <laughs> Nothing more than the final three words. Sing, act, shut up. Yeah, I always forget that in reality, if you do any sort of art type of thing, then you're forbidden from having a, a political opinion. I forget that sometimes, so we should probably never talk about it. Yeah, I'm going to ease off all, yeah. all my... So sorry. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> I am filled with rage. What a uh, bummer! I know mindset. Yeah, like should I, be so reductive. Yeah, I get if you don't agree with them and you're like, I don't want to hear it, but like you don't have to. You can just watch the movie and to be like, you work for us. Yeah. like that's just not. F- I dis. I disagree. Yeah, I welcome your opinion and thank you for the boosting our post by commenting <laughs> and, re- and giving us higher engagement. I appreciate it. Thank you for the analytics. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, I disagree. I don't. I more than welcome this new wave of uh, people that we admire and respect giving us their opinions. It's a cool platform. And I think that if people see people they respect talking openly about their opinions, then hopefully the audience sees that as a chance of maybe I should do the same. Mm-hmm. I think that is the positive. Whether you agree or disagree, you should be talking about these things. So if I may, sing, act, and don't shut up. Sing, act, and Tom Speak your mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. That was funny, though. Whatever. We both laughed out. Like, we both texted each other like, oh, my God. First Uh, meme. We got our first first, meme. Not even fair to call it a meme. I don't even want to give her that. No. First uh, photo on a comment. Yeah. Congrats. We'll frame it. (laughs) Okay, well, oh, what's our next movie? Um, it's like Volunteers or volunteers, something? Volunteers, yeah. Is that it for sure? Yeah. Okay, I don't know what that movie is. I've never seen Volunteers. 
Uh, it's another one that I know very little about, and I think I'm just going to go into it like that. Mm-hmm. The well, only thing I know is it came out the same year as uh, this The Man one. with Horned Shoe. Okay. So it was it 1985, two for a year. So coming up on the next episode, you'll get another ver- another seg- your favorite segment. Guess the plot. Yeah. <laughs> We're bringing it back. Volunteers. I have some guesses, I guess, based... I haven't looked at the cover yet. No, we gotta do I that. I saw the title. How fun. All right. So, I guess, as always, if you're interested in talking Tom to us or sharing your Hank's happenings or any of your hot takes on the man with one red shoe, you can find us at TalkinTom.com or on social media under the handle... Pod Hank's Tomcast. There you go. Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Send us your Send us your photos. Send us your... Your opinions. We want to hear them. Yeah. Let's get engaged. Yeah. About the stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And also, we've talked about it before, but the Tom Hanks Book Club. Oh, yes. Which will will come out after the next episode. Mm -hmm. And we'll start with the first two stories. I think we said this last time, but this time we mean it. We're really doing it now. (laughs) Now it's the new year and our schedules are clearer. We're getting back into it. Yeah. And if you're not a big reader, check out the audiobook, which Tom Hanks will read to you. Is there anything better? And if you're like, I'm not going to pay for an audiobook account, I don't want to pay for those. And I'm like, get a public library card and get the app and you get you get it for free. Ooh, tell them. I've just learned this, so I'm excited to share it. I just got a library card like three days ago. It's a good, I almost said a good investment. It's a good walk to the library to get it and then you have this to plethora of It's things. like Netflix for books. Incredible. I've never seen such a thing. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Ooh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. As I'm not, always. I'm not going to cut that. I'm going to keep that in there because okay. people need to know. Let me live my shame. Yeah. Um, my name's Josie. I'm Daniel. And as always, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.